0: This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest philosophers to your fingertips. With more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more, The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace, without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Secret Life of Words, English Words, and Their Origins. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Daniel Halper, who's also author of the New York Times bestselling book, Clinton Inc., just out in paperback today. And yesterday, Daniel, you got to see good old fight and wait Hillary right back in the 1990s uh, uh, mode, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, I, well, there was certainly blasts from the past. I was really surprised that it all kind of looked the same <laughs> back from the same as 2008, same as when she was first lady of the United States. It's kind of surprising. She was a little less smooth in the past, so for perhaps uh, not getting interviewed on a regular basis hurt her and hurt her ability to respond to questions. Probably something that she might want to consider as this campaign progresses, but uh, it was surprisingly, like you say, kind of like the past.
0: Well, as our uh, representative of uh, vast right-wing conspiracy, Local 227, we're glad to have you here. Do you think she was calling you out when she mentioned the books that she claimed the authors had no evidence of her wrongdoing in? Well, she did use plural, right? So I guess
1: that would include all books, including mine, (laughs) though she was careful not to give plugs to any individual books. I suppose she doesn't really want to see a spike in movie sales or anything, or anything book sales or anything like that. That's fair enough, uh, it's also, it, but it's also specious. And what struck me is, I, I don't know, it's, when she said the vast right-wing conspiracy in the, in the 90s, I think a lot of people blew that up and, and thought that she would sound like a crank. But also a lot of people probably, it, to a lot of people it sounded correct. What I was struck by is a lot of people in the mainstream media panned her, her interview today, and they said it was terrible that she didn't tell the truth that she was looking to blame everybody but herself. I thought that was a big shift in how she's been covered in the past and per- perhaps not to her liking because I haven't found anybody, and, and maybe maybe there are tons of people out there and I just haven't spoken to anybody or haven't seen it online, but I haven't seen anybody just praise her and say she did a stand-up job.
0: And I think one reason is because she uh, took a couple of strategies that I as a former political flack, you know, coaching candidates have suggested. One is the uh, completely... Uh, blow past the question when she was asked about the judgment behind destroying 33,000 emails if you notice she blew past that and went straight to the I did nothing wrong in fact I expected her to say there was no controlling legal authority at one point how did she handle that question Daniel
1: I well she didn't tell the truth right she said that she that hadn't been under subpoena and Trey gowdy just today, he was, of course, a member of Congress, and he's the chairman of this Benghazi Select Committee in the House of Representatives. He released a subpoena that he sent her back in March and said, well, actually, there was a subpoena. So I think I think she sounded okay there. A lot of people have noticed that she looked a little uncomfortable, a little awkward. Some people have even said frightened. I think that's probably all true, but not terrified or anything, which she, she was probably okay, except you know, we are able to match up her interview with the facts and the facts don't really back up her case at all because there is only one reason you have an email server in your house and it's not for convenience. It's for privacy or to evade, or in her case, to evade FOIA requests. As, by the way, some of her defenders have said, somebody like James Carville, he said, well, he didn't, she didn't want congressmen like Louie Gohmert snooping through her emails. Well, that's, you know, his right to snoop through her emails as as a member of the American public if he follows the laws. And, you know, it it is just, it's not true what she said. And I think that really hurts her case.
0: And that brings up the other moment that just jumped out at me, the the arrogance you mentioned, the backhandedness of Congress has no right to look at my emails, etc. I thought the best question that she was asked by the CNN reporter was, would you trust you, basically? Would you vote for someone that you don't trust? And her answer was, people should trust me. Darn it, Daniel. How dare you even think about not trusting Hillary? Hillary told you to trust her, so get to it, mister.
1: Yeah, she said people should trust me and people do trust me, which is probably, on a literal basis, true. There are probably, You could probably find a one or two people who trust Hillary Clinton. But the polls don't really back it up, right? It's not a... <laughs> it's not an overwhelming majority of the American people trust me and therefore you should trust me too. I thought she didn't really have a good response to that element in that particular question. But of course, that is kind of a hard question to answer without sounding really bad yourself because you're you know, the premise of the question is that nobody trusts you. And your only response is, well, people should, because I'm telling the truth. And yet you've lied throughout the interview. So it it was sort of a hard place for her and a hard question for her to deal with. You know, look, one interview is not really going to make a difference. Obviously, she didn't gasp too badly. She didn't embarrass herself too badly. But I don't think she did herself any favors. And I think, you know, look. She needs to get past this primary. She needs, which she probably will do. Although we're seeing this Bernie momentum, and uh, and a real hunger on the left for more and better candidates in the Democratic Party. Nonetheless, she'll probably make it through. And then she just has to make it to the de- to the general election and try to make her Republican opponent seem a lot worse than she is. They, she estimates, or there are estimates that she, her side will send, spend about $2.5 billion in this election. A lot of that money will go to paint her Republican opponent as being bad, or at least just as bad as she is, and try to drive down his, and it probably will be a, a him, probably his numbers. And I think, so I think the campaign is sort of a lot more to her favor. I think she just kind of wants to satisfy people right now and get to the next step
0: okay I have to correct it you doesn't a couple really
1: things like laborious a, a really laborious process though
0: well Daniel I hate to correct you but I'm sorry we don't uh it's not burn momentum it's feel the burn that's what we're feeling with Bernie, uh, and he's, oh,
1: I thought I thought it was fuel to burn yesterday, but Bernie meant him today. Ah, Sorry, oh, I I, you confused. know what? I
0: got to check my calendar. I forget what what code name Alpha? What is Goldenrod? I can't <laughs> keep track. But you're the one in the vast rivaling Conspiracy. I'm just in the Vassarite Conspiracy auxiliary. You know, all I get to do is bring dishes to our potluck mm-hmm. suppers. Um, but I want to get to one other thing because I thought it maybe it was the most uh, significant point as far as revealing the you know laying out cards. When she was asked about the Clinton Foundation and you know, your book, Clinton Inc., which is out of here back now, really deals with the Clintons as a business and the cash register for that business is the Clinton Foundation. She went full on uh, you know, tie down, denial, no answers, no questions. In fact, she even said, all I'm going to say about the Clinton Foundation is that I'm proud of the work it does. That's all she's going to say. She basically played the Forrest Gump card. That's all I'm going to say about that. Which brings up the interesting notion, will the press let that be all she says? Because I'm sure that's what she would like to have the conversation to go. There was, but- actually, there was one
1: slight thing that she also said. She said she's very proud of the foundation and that she was only there for about a year and a half. I thought that last part was kind of important, right? She actually played down her... She, she's very proud. She wanted everybody to know. But she played down her participation in it, and I think that that's key. I think that shows that she wants to be tied to the good parts, but not to all the parts. Right? She wants some of the credit, but not all the downside. And that's a you know that's a constant challenge she has throughout her candidacy. She wants some of the good side of the, of her connection to Barack Obama, but not all the baggage. She wants some of the the good stuff, being a Clinton and being married to Bill Clinton. You know, in hindsight. A lot of people now think an okay, decent president. A lot of Democrats think so. But she doesn't want any of the negative baggage. And I think that's sort of the balancing act she's trying to play. And she's trying to have it a lot of different ways. And I think that that makes it very difficult instead of just sticking to one path and making that argument. And you see that on issue areas and all these connections to to various people. It's strange.
0: But what I was going to say is, because you're absolutely right about that, about how she's trying to, you know, cherry pick the information, but the question is, will the press let her? If the press lets her end the conversation with the Clinton Foundation as, I'm proud of the work it did," uh, that it did, without answering any questions about the Russia uranium deal, about the GE Algeria deal, about the, well, sheesh, I mean, you, you've written one book and then we had the other, you know, Clinton cash book. There are literally books of, stu- of stuff to be answered. Do you think, Daniel, the press is going to let her get away with having a one-line answer on all of these different specific uh, would-be scandals? I don't think they should,
1: and I don't really think it's up to the press. I I mean, I kind of think it's not – the press isn't going to be the people to – or the ones to defeat Hillary Clinton. A new candidate needs to come along. A candidate needs to come along and offer a better alternative. A candidate will defeat Hillary Clinton, not the press. She, you know, she can pick and choose and do these soft interviews and probably get away with it to some extent. But in fairness to the press, and I'm not one to defend them very often, but in fairness to the press, there have been a lot of hard-hitting stories on Hillary Clinton. She just isn't going to any of those reporters who are asking difficult questions, right? (laughs) I think that's pretty clear. And she's only done one national sit-down interview since jumping in the race three months ago. And that's not because the press doesn't want to see her. They'd love to see her and they'd love to have her uh, being interviewed. So I think people, especially her opponents, something like Bernie Sanders or Martin O'Malley really needs to put the pressure on her and say, this stuff is disqualifying. She needs to answer questions about this. She needs to explain why she did this. That's That sort of pressure, I think, makes her have to answer for it. If nobody's putting that kind of pressure I think it's a lot easier to get away with not really talking about the subject at hand.
0: And one other, they, 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 I thought the interview, by the way, was okay. I mean, it was better than I was expecting, given that it was CNN. Uh, you know, it could have obviously been far more you know, challenging, whatever. But it was even interesting when they got down to the uh, the lifestyle questions, like how do you feel about uh, what, what woman should go on the $10 bill? And Hillary started complaining that it looked like the women might have to share a spot on the bill with a man. And she doesn't want a woman to have to share a bill, which, of course, she's been doing for 40 years. But she, I'm with you. She only did okay. It's like going to double A and hitting a single.
1: So I thought it was really smart of Hillary Clinton. And a lot of people haven't commented on this. Somebody, this, this young woman from CNN, who has to come back on the bus, She, I think, has been traveling a lot with the campaign. And I think having to face the campaign staff the next day and the candidate the next day and the days after, I think ensures a somewhat softer interview. And I think that's what they were trying to get at by selecting her. And they really did select her because they could have gone to any journalist and any journalist would have been glad to have the Hillary Clinton interview. Nonetheless, that, that uh, CNN journalist, Rihanna Keeler, who oh, did an okay job, it wasn't that tough and fairly softball, but nonetheless, uh, I thought she was really interesting afterwards because she was... Uh, talking about her interview live on CNN, and she said, she basically panned Hillary Clinton. She said that she wasn't honest and trustworthy, and trustworthy, and she didn't really answer any of the questions. And I thought, I thought that was really um, gutsy of her, and I, I commend her. I thought it was, uh, I thought, I thought it was really refreshingly really honest. And instead of pretending like her interview had been full of scoops and tons of news and really revealing, she she did say basically Hillary Clinton Stonewall.
0: He's the official social chairman for the vast right-wing conspiracy, author of the book Clinton, Inc., which comes out in paperback today. Daniel Halper, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.